I want to talk with you brothers today a little bit about a topic that's been on my heart, um, and that's really time, energy, management, um, energy, dispensement. All of us have 24 hours in a day, seven days a week, and we only have so much energy. I know I, I love learning from you brothers because not only are you guys church planners, but you're also amazing husbands and fathers and um, athletes as well. Shout out to <laughs> Noah, the CrossFit champ. Family, multiplication, restoration. I'm Dahadi Lewis. Join me, Noah Odom and Hayden Radner, as we come to you from Atlanta, St. Louis, and Las Vegas, as we seek to add value to your church planning journey. We'll have real-time, authentic conversations that are relevant to the life of the church planner and pastor. Join us as we hear from leaders of this movement from across North America and discover what it really takes to plant churches everywhere for everyone. Uh, we just want to welcome you here today. I'm Hayden Ratner from Las Vegas, church planting pastor, Walk Church, and we also got two of the best to do it, Pastor Noah Oldham from St. Louis, Dahadi Lewis from ATL, and uh, three different church planters from three different parts of the, the nation, and we're leaning in, talking church planting, talking vision, leadership, strategy, all types of stuff. So hit that subscribe button, share this thing, and we're going to jump into the content here today. Um, I want to talk with you brothers today a little bit about a topic that's been on my heart, um, and that's really time, energy, management, um, energy, dispensement. All of us have 24 hours in a day, seven days a week, and we only have so much energy. I know I, I love learning from you brothers because not only are you guys church planners, but you're also amazing husbands and fathers and um, athletes as well. Shout out to <laughs> Noah, the CrossFit champ, right? I appreciate Noah, that. did you do a Murph after Memorial Day? Did you do a Murph on Memorial Day? Noah? I did. I did. I actually got a PR this year too. Crushed it? I, I, the best I've ever done. <laughs> What was that? Uh, it, it not very good. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, yeah, yeah. So you know, it 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 takes energy. It takes time. You know, um, I've been reading this book. It's by Paul Tripp. It's called Lead, mm. and uh, I've been walking our staff through it. It's talking about gospel principles around leadership in the church. And one of the sections he just talked about was limits and how all of us have limits on our day and on our energy and where we give our energy matters. I also think about Paul's words in Ephesians uh, 5, where he says, make the best use of the time because the days are yeah. evil. And so, you know, it's summertime and we're talking about that and we're talking about, hey, energy management. I'd love to hear from you, Noah, um, just when it comes to using your time and energy. I mean, you could give it toward sermon, you can give it toward leadership development, you could give it toward lost people. You Talk to us about energy management in your life these days? Yeah, man, I had to learn this um, a few years ago, really, really uh, dramatically. And the fact that I can't do all the things. Uh, I, I want to yeah. do all the things. I, I want to be all things to all people. I want to be everything to every person, I feel like sometimes. And I can't. I mean, I got five kids, I pastor a church, I serve the Send Network, I'm a husband, I have hobbies, all these things to stay healthy. And I realized that if I'm going to be the best for everybody, I've got to be maximizing my time and the things that only I can do. And so instead of trying to be every other mm. gift, I had to realize here are my giftings. And when I'm doing these things, I'm at my best and I'm allowing everyone else to be at their best. For instance, um, one of my, not only my roles, but one of my giftings in my church is preaching. 
It does not help our church as a whole for me to say, I'm going to give up time in preaching so that I can take more time in shepherding. Shepherding is not one of my natural gifts. I need to then raise up shepherds and give them the authority and responsibility to shepherd so that I can spend my good energy on preaching so that I don't run out of margin and then everybody suffers. We're going to suffer because we don't have the best people shepherding. And then preaching is going to suffer because our best preacher is not preaching. And so I had to learn that there's a couple lanes that I have, and I need to fight for whatever I can to make sure that I can give my best energy to those lanes yeah, so not everything suffers. That's really good. Yeah, and I think mm. wow, you know, being able to give the stuff that we are best at is I think is good because I mean I think the past is oftentimes think that we try to become renaissance men where we are able to do ev- anything and everything. You know, and I think each and every one needs yeah. to kind of find in that area of giftedness. And then again, it doesn't abdicate us of our other responsibilities that uh, of the pastor, but it is like where we are uh, more gifted, it gives us the opportunity to empower others, you know, so that we don't have lopsided minimies of ourselves, you know. And I think when we're able to do that, I think it's really, yeah. it's really critical. One of the things that I would even say, I mean, Hayden, you, you mentioned the idea of, you know, not only where do we give our energy? But you also mentioned what season that we're in. And I think it's important for us to distinguish, like there's not always different seasons brings different times of where I got to spend my energy and my time. It's not like year round, I'm always doing this the most, you know, because there's certain times that I got to, I'm going to do other things. And so like for us, this season for us is a development season. And so I'm spending a lot of time talking to my leaders and checking in with them, seeing where they're at and like, Hey, are you ready to re up? You know, we're, we're going to a thing right now where we're, we're asking our leaders only to commit for a year, you know, every, and every year. And really we're asking our leaders to commit for nine months, you know, and it's like, we're going on a mission trip for nine months and we need you to leave for nine months. And then at the end of that time, like we're going to stop and we're going, Hey, where are you? What is the next step? Are you, can you re up again? Like, let's celebrate you, you know? And then, because the problem, what we found was, is like, there's that, you know, every single year is like, they're, if they're year after year commitment, at some point, they're going to be tired and fatigued. And it was like, there's no off ramp. So it was just like, if we ask them to re-up every year. And so, so this season, I spent a lot of time doing that, right? But then, you know, but then there's going to be another season where I'm spending a lot of time where I'm doing the, the, a lot of the communicating mm-hmm. preaching. So it's like, but so right now in this season, I actually have a lot of like our residents preaching and other people, you know, because I'm going to be spending more time mm-hmm. on the leadership development and the leadership re-up. But then, mm-hmm. so it's just like the seasons for me, there's an ebbs and flows that's going to come based upon whatever season is needed, um, you know, yeah. for us at the, at, at the church in that time. Great. It's good. It's good. Yeah. I love that. Kind of makes me think of, you know, this is this is going back a few years, but it makes me think of when LeBron James joined the the Miami Heat and Dwayne Wade, he said in the the press conference, you know, this season's going to look different for me. But I'm okay with that cuz right. it's going to help us win. He even said I'm I'm even open to taking the kind That's of That's like any a like second the Nets Harden team, right? right now. And um, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a know, huge Nets fan and have, I'm not really yeah, a big Harden yeah. fan, but I thought like Harden is like getting multiple right. assists. Right. And he's like, man, we everybody knows Harden can drop buckets anytime he wants to, but he's decided yeah. to give dimes and instead. Yeah. So it's kind of like, yeah, sure. this is this is a part of 
being able to know. So yeah, I'm 100% with you with that. Yes, you're, you, you, different seasons require different stewardship, different energy. And um, I think that, you know, awareness is key with that, right? Just being aware and sometimes even having other people on your team speak into your yeah. season. And sometimes it's, a, you know, you need some other elder pastors or people on your serve team to say like, hey, we think you need to preach more. <laughs> or we think that you may need to, you know, give some energy to this area because it's kind of on fire right now. Yeah, it's good. And being open to that. And so, yeah, I think that management there is key. You know, this is going to sound super spiritual. Let it sound that way. <laughs> uh, but I felt like this has been uh, a season where God's taken me deeper in the in the area of prayer. Yeah the school of prayer, right? And, and even helping our church and myself understand the, the power of being a praying pastor, giving more energy to that. I've been learning about this topic, the first 15, right? The first 15, it may, maybe not given an hour to it. Like I know Martin Luther said he needs the first two hours. I'm not there yet. Um, but if I could start with the first 15 minutes of the day. That's an attainable goal. Sometimes I just need to feel like I accomplished something. And maybe that first 15 may, may look like seven minutes in the word, seven minutes in prayer and, and a half. That's 14, right? But uh, I guess what I'm saying is, you know, for me as, as a, a lead pastor and a disciple maker, I need to first be given energy management time to, uh, to prayer. Another thing that um, I once remember hearing a leader in my life say, he said, he said, give your best, your best, mm -hmm. and let your best do the rest. Mm. And I found that that's always been just like a tension of mine to like spend a good amount of time invested in a handful of leaders that are, that are next level leaders. I think in a way we've seen Jesus do that, you know, in, in his way, you know, he's, he didn't call all the people to be his close disciples. He called 12 and he gave, I think he gave the 12 his best and they wouldn't turn the world upside down. And so yeah. I've been processing that. I know that's something that you guys do well. I know Dahadi, you're, you're not only doing that with people at Blueprint, you're doing that with guys throughout the country that are connecting with Boulevard and doing cohorts with you. You're constantly doing Zoom calls, helping guys get better. I feel like you model that Dahadi well, given, given the, some of the best leaders, even in the Send Network, are learning from you guys on that. I love to just go deeper into that subject. Even Dahadi, I love to just have you speak to that, that drive, that energy in your yeah. heart to say, you know what, I need to, well, I need Dr. To Howard Hendricks, into the, the late next prophet, um, Dallas Theological Seminary leaders, used to always you know? say, there's a lot of things that you can do, but what are those mm -hmm. things that you must do? And, you know, for me, I, the must do has been for me, the, the idea Great. of like discipling leaders, right? Like I, my, my thing has, has been, it's always been about discipleship. You've heard me talk about disciple making is not a yeah. ministry, it's the ministry. And, you know, the idea of modeling. And for me specifically, I have a personal desire to influence the influencers, right? And that's really where I get, I get passion and desire around influencing influencers. And so throughout all the different roles that I've had with the North American Mission Board, throughout all mm -hmm. the different seasons that I've had in my life, there's one thing that I've always been doing, even from we planted the church in 2010, in 2011, we had our first cohort, you know, of just guys of church planners, because that's just a passion that we have. And even to this day, I still, I, we invite eight couples from across okay. the country, and I do a, a church planning cohort and training leaders 
each and every year in, in doing that because it's something that I'm passionate about. And so, you know, you talk about like for Noah, he was just talking about preaching. For me, it's like, no, I got to invest in leaders. I have to pour into leaders. So even at Blueprint Church, I spend most of my time developing the next generation mm-hmm. of leaders, you know, and just pouring into them in that specific way of just getting that that one on 10 or, you know, one on, you know, does that small cohort type of feel in doing that. And that's where I spend the bulk of my time, you know, here. And that's the stuff that keeps me up at night. I'm thinking through them. I'm, you know, because again, like I was a pass first point guard, you know, growing up, you know, when I was playing in on my high school varsity team, you know, that's that that's the highest I got. Some of us can't be, you know, we can't we can't get to that pro level. But but on that high school varsity basketball team, I was a pass pass first point guard, you know, and um I got more excitement getting laying a addition and assist than I had scoring. I was trying to create my own shot, you know? And so like, even when I drive, I look to pass first than I was to shoot. And so I get excitement for that. And so to, to influence influencers, I think is really critical. Mm-hmm. And, and it, and so a lot of my stuff kind of shapes out of that, like how much I preach, how much I do first comes out of that. And I think that's some of the freedom that as lead pastors, we got to feel because people told me, when I first started, like, you got to preach every every week if you're going to be the lead guy. And I was like, nah. And so, like, for me, the most I've ever preached in all the years of Blueprint, and we've been in for wow. 12 years, going on 12 years now, the most I've ever preached at Blueprint was 32 times. But I usually get around between 18 to 24 times in terms of how I preach because my primary influence, wow. yes, I love preaching and I love communicating, but I love discipling leaders even more. You know, and I think that we got, and I just became really okay with that. Mm. Yeah. That's so good because, right, like, you know, Jesus, he's the best preacher in the Bible, and he's also the best disciple maker in the Bible, you know, and, 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 be, and he's, the, he's the best at reaching lost people. And I guess what I love about that is, you know, Noah, in his role, he's saying, hey, my primary gifting that I bring to this church is preaching and you're giving energy to that. And to saying my primary gifting that I bring to blueprint is disciple making leadership development. You're giving big energy to that. And both are right. Yeah. You know, and I think, I think being a leader who's able to say, you know what, here's, here's unapologetically what I bring to the table. I got to be a star in my role. I can't, I, you know, it's the whole, I got to take off Saul's armor and I got to be who God's made me to be. And when I'm doing that, I'm at my best. And giving energy to that, too, I think will, yeah. will build you up. Even on a little different tip, for me, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a creative leader um, and a doer. And so I'm always dreaming and vision. You know, I, I have to have people around me that are like, hey, hone all those dreams and visions and thoughts and, and ideas. And I'm grateful that my wife really balances me out in that area. Um, but even for me, you know, I'm such a creative that as of late, I felt very much this need to give energy to some of these different domains like fashion and creative merch in our church. And I want to design stuff. And I even really recently tapped into like songwriting and Mm. I, I felt like, man, like I can't do those things. I got to like give my energy to these specific areas. And then I realized, you know, like the Lord was putting those things in my heart and I needed to be obedient to, and give, not just be obedient, but I needed to give 
good, not just leftover energy, but good energy to the, some of the things that God was doing and really allow other people to run in lanes that sometimes I feel like, no, I have to do that or I have to be that guy. And God's, I've, I've learned that God's raising up people to do it. Yeah. I think sometimes we just have to have eyes to yeah. see it or just even trust that it doesn't have to be me. And uh, the Lord will will honor that. Yeah, and, and sometimes mm-hmm. we're not going to have Absolutely. eyes to see that, Hayden. I see so many church planners, they don't see it themselves. They don't discern it. And what I think we all need, we all need a Jethro. You know, go back to the story of Moses. We all need a Jethro. Who's a Jethro? Jethro is an older, wiser dude in our life that is not impressed with us enough and loves us enough to not let us or the mission burn out because of momentary success. So Moses has got this thing, he's leading, it's all popping off, but he looks and says, hey, you need to slow down and create a system here or you are eventually going to burn out. You can't do this forever. And the people, the mission's going to suffer. And so I think sometimes in church planting, we have all this momentum going and we're running a mile a minute. We have adrenaline, we have caffeine, and we're just going and we need somebody to step alongside and say, hey, I love you enough to tell you the truth, that you are limited and I, I want to help you maximize your potential yeah. in, in this mission. And I've, I'm so thankful that I've had those people in my life. But I, I think that everybody, every leader, no matter how awesome you are, you need someone in your life that is not impressed yeah. with you because people who are impressed with you won't tell you the truth because they don't want to hurt right. you. And so someone who loves you and is not impressed, that will say, hey, I think that's really good. let and me you help you one of the things see what your eyes can't because see. Because right a lot of times now. we look at it from one side and saying, like, let people like help you. And I think what, what you're saying, Noah, is really good in the fact that we also need to do this, though, when it comes to our strengths as well. Because it's real easy for me to be like, man, I'm going to disciple every yes, single person, great. every single leader. You got to come through me and I'll become the funnel. Or if I'm a preacher, I'm going to preach 52 times a year and I'm not going to, you know, and that's the problem. Because the thing is, going back to that story that you said in Exodus 18, Right. We always read that, like, in a way, what if Moses actually really loved sitting and judging the people? What if that was actually his gifting? What if that was actually what, man, this was what I was made for, and he was getting energy, and he gets excitement and all that. He was just like, still, mm. even though you're gifted at yeah. it, even though God has touched you on this, even God, even though God has yeah. appointed you for this, you still need rhythms of rest. You still need systems because you cannot handle this on your own. And I think oftentimes that even if I had every other area in the church covered and all I had to do was just leadership development, I still need to share that platform. I still need to raise up other people and I can't only be the bottleneck. And I think it's really important for us to understand that we need to make sure that that we're lifting others up, you know, and, and empowering others. And that's really what I love when Jesus was like, the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. And if yeah, you recognize yeah. that, the, the very things that Jesus was doing in Matthew 9, 35 and 36, when he says healing every sickness and disease, is the same things in Matthew chapter 10, 1, is that he empowered his disciples to do. He didn't empower them to do the stuff he didn't want to do. He empowered them to do the same stuff that he was doing, you know, and that yeah. even though he was more gifted and more talented to do it, he knew that if the mission mm-hmm. to move forward and the mission continued, he had to also raise up others to do it as well. Wow. It's good. Love it. Love it. So good. Well, hey, how about how about we wrap up with this 
final question, just a quick one. I shared a resource earlier, this book called Lead by Paul Tripp. Um, we'll go Noah, then to Hadi. Give us a resource that's helped you in this area of energy management, um, productivity, something in, in that in that arena. Yeah. What's that been for you, Noah? Leaders Who Last by Dave Kraft. It's a book on the front of the cover. It's got a it's got a, a graveyard. And man, leaders burn out, they flame mm-hmm. out, they fail out. And uh, because they don't, I don't think they, they, they manage their energy. They don't put in the right directions. Uh, we can do too much or we can not do the right things like King David. Instead of going to war, he was, he was, uh, you know, surfing the internet, you know, uh, old school style. Wow. And so I think, Jeez. I think we need to, we need to maximize that by leaders. Yeah, who I, last, would, I would say resources. it's going to name one author, Good two word. different books. How about you, Dahadi? Um, the guy's name is um, Greg McCown. And he wrote two, one book was called Essentialism. We're talking about where do you give your time? Mm-hmm. And he says, we got to stop giving our time to seven and eights. We got to give our, give our energy mm-hmm. to nines and tens, you know? And, and so he talked about essentialism and like, what, what are the things that we mentioned earlier that only you can mm-hmm. do? You mentioned that. So that's one is the book Essentialism. But the other book that he wrote, which I think is also a great book, is called Effortless, right? And so on one, how can we not, because a lot of times we feel like, if it's not hard, we didn't earn it. Like we got to earn it. It's got to be hard. No, he's like, like be essential, but ask also give to you, give your life mostly to the things that are effortless or how do you make even hard things more effortless? You know? And I think both of those books, because we can just be about essentialism, only doing what we can do and burning ourselves out. But he also, the second book that he wrote after that is a good also resource to talk about everything doesn't have to be hard. So Effortless. So Essentialism and Effortless, both by George McCown. Mm. Love it. Love it. Well, hopefully you got some great resources for you to consider. I know that all church planners and pastors, team members are living in the tension of time and energy management. I think it's a good thing. It creates God dependence. It creates asking good and tough questions. And hopefully this, this podcast has been helpful for that. As always, you can share it on your social medias or text it to somebody who you think may benefit from this. Please hit that subscribe button. Maybe even leave us a review. Let us know some of the highlights that this podcast has been for you. If you want to know more about the Send Network, hit the website, sendnetwork.com, or you can text 888-123, the phrase Send Network, and we'll give you a follow-up with the information that you need. So 888-123. As always, we are Send Network. We look forward to hearing from you and we'll be back at it next week you have been listening to we are sin network a resource of the north american mission board for more information about today's podcast and other relevant resources visit sendnetwork.com